It's just good to be here together to celebrate this Christmas, and it's sort of a homecoming for us. We get to see uh, some of my former students and, and some extended family, and it's just uh, great to be together. <clears throat> this is a, a unique Christmas for me, personally. So this is the first uh, Christmas in my life that I will not be home. I will uh, I'll be home tonight, <clears throat> but then tomorrow uh, we're flying uh, going to the airport, we're going to fly away and take a little vacation. We had a trip that was scheduled for this fall that, that there was Hurricane Dorian came and uh, threatened our trip. So we rescheduled it and uh, we're going to be with family kind of gathering together. Uh, but we had to reschedule. So my kids and my wife and I were super excited about this trip. But when it was all kind of sinking in as, as Christmas was approaching, we, it was a, there was a little bit of sadness in that, a little sense of loss to, to think that we wouldn't be home for Christmas because there's this strong sort of impulse within us to be home for Christmas. And we're going away uh, by choice. My heart goes out to those who, are, who want to be home for Christmas but can't for various reasons. I think about soldiers who are deployed and, and people for different reasons who um, cannot be home. They have a deep longing to be home. They just can't. And it's no wonder that we, you know, we treasure songs like Bing Crosby's um, I'll Be Home for Christmas. You know, that's, it came out during World War II and just that haunting line, and I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. Even if it's just a dream of home, I want to be there. And it was a song was a huge hit. It went, went top 10. It went gold. And uh, at the same time, it's very popular for uh, American soldiers and for civilians at that time. In Britain, the BBC banned the song from, from airplay because they didn't, want to, they didn't want it to be demoralizing to their troops in any way. They didn't want uh, their soldiers to have this deep longing for home or have any kind of nostalgia that it would somehow, be, uh, somehow lower the morale of the troops. Uh, because this notion of being home for Christmas is a very powerful Notion, and I, and I would think many of you here would, would agree to that. And um, my hope is that even just being here at church is part of that you know, sort of coming home for you. But it's ironic that we have this strong notion of being home for Christmas, and yet we look at the Christmas story and it's all not taking place at home. We have Mary and Joseph who have to leave their home, travel 80 miles to get uh, from uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem to register in this census, a trip that would have taken at least four days, if not more, uh, to travel and marry pregnant, not a good time to travel. Then sometime after Jesus was born, we see that there was a king who wanted to kill Jesus. So the family, again, has to leave home and go, and they will go all the way to Egypt. And they're there for some amount of time. We're not sure exactly how long. And they're in Egypt uh, and they wait for this king who then himself dies and they're able to go home. So they, they, they weren't home for, for all that time. And in a very profound sense, Jesus himself is not home on Christmas. He leaves his heavenly home with the Father and comes to this earth. So we have this strong desire to be home. But the first Christmas we see everybody away from home. This notion of home and this longing for home, memory of home, uh, is especially powerful around Christmas, especially for children. 
Uh, for me, I could, there, there, at, at any moment, I could be reminded of my childhood Christmas, just the, the sight or a smell of something. If I smell pork pies, if I smell, if I smell meat pies with bell seasoning, I'm, I'm at my mama and pepe's. Like, I might as well be there when I smell it. Um, when I hear certain music, when I hear the John Denver and the Muppets Christmas album, we had that album. We would flip that record over and over and over, and we'd listen to that thing all Christmas. And I might as well just be back home every time I hear it. Um, I have my Christmas ornaments that I made when I was in elementary school, even one from kindergarten. And when I see them, it's, I, I'm there with the glue, putting them together in art class. I just, it's, they're such vivid, it's just a vivid notion. And I'm sure that you have memories, you know, there's things that you see and, and do that trigger those same kind of memories. I believe that the desire for home and this, these longings that come when we experience these things, they're really pointing to something deeper even, uh, even in home, a deeper desire. Because those things can't fulfill this kind of longing I feel when it happens. Because I can still eat pork pie, but it doesn't really bring me back there. And I can visit my childhood home, and it just, it's, there's something more that I'm looking for. And I have a good relationship with my parents and with my siblings, but it's just, it's, um, there, there's something deeper there. It, the deeper desires that home stirs. The, let me share a few of them. The, the, the desire for home is really a deeper desire for belonging. Right? When I was a kid, I knew where I fit in. I, had, I was in my birth order. I was the baby. And I had my big sisters. And I knew where I fit in that picture and how I was to act. And I had my own space. I had my room in the house. and um, That was good, but those things don't last. You know, my sisters grew up and they left home. And then I grew up and went to college. I get back from college, back to my room, the room that I thought was my room. All the posters are down. My mom had wallpapered the room with bird, bird wallpaper. And I said, Ma, what's up with the birds? And she said, you love birds. And I said, yeah, I love birds on the outside, the other side of that wall, birds that fly outside, but the bird wallpaper, uh, not so much. The, the point is it just wasn't the same, that sense of belonging. And, and, and again, there's new traditions and connections with my own uh, children and with my extended family, but there's those moments where we feel like we've lost this deep sense of belonging that we might have had at one point. The desire for home also points to a deeper desire for security. Home is a safe place, or at least it's supposed to be. Unfortunately, for, for many, it's, it's not. It's not always a safe place. But uh, many children, you know, they don't worry about their security. They don't worry about how the mortgage is going to get paid. They don't worry about, you know, how the food, you know, when, where the next meal is coming from. Home is this kind of pr- protected and predictable kind of safe place. But we grow up and we learn, you know, that this world isn't necessarily a safe place, that things aren't secure, that... Uh, there are, you know, nothing, very little is guaranteed. You know, our health is not guaranteed. Our jobs are not necessarily guaranteed. The peace that we experience. But we have those notions of home and, and those, those longings that it stirs up. It's, it's pointing to this desire for security. The desire for home is also a desire for hope. 
You think about children and the hope that kids have, you know, for Christmas is coming and there's always the next holiday or the next birthday or the, um, the next milestone, the next grade, the next thing that I'm going to accomplish. It's just a, a beautiful, hopeful way. But for those of us who grow up, you know, sometimes the future isn't necessarily so hopeful, that sense of optimism, we lose it. Um, if we're honest, sometimes we might even dread the future. Maybe, maybe we feel like time is passing too fast or I'm not prepared for the future or I'm, I'm, I have health issues or aging issues or these things that come as we look forward. and We, we, ha- we lose this deep hope. See, home is a powerful notion, but again, I don't think it's home itself that, that these longings stir up. It's, it's these deeper longings. So the question for us tonight is why do we have such a strong desire or these deep longings for home, yet we don't have a, a place in this life where they're really fully satisfied or in, in any kind of a permanent way? So we take that question, this longing for home, and why I'm not feeling it, why I, don't, why don't, I can't grasp it right now, And if we think about it through the lens of the Bible, the Bible is really the story of humanity in search of a a permanent home, of a perfect home. Because that's where the story starts. In the the Garden of Eden, God uh, creates all things good. And there's Adam and Eve in a perfect home with God, with perfect belonging and fellowship with God. But that home gets lost. They rebel against God. They go their own way. And that home is lost. They have to, be, they have to leave the garden. And, and really, from that point forward, all humans, in a sense, have been exiled from that perfect home and, and away, from, away from God. So we no longer live in a world that fits our deepest longings. And then we just see a whole pattern of this to follow. Their son, because of his sin, uh, his name was Cain. He had to wander the earth. And we see generations of this. Until God calls a man named Abraham. And God says, you're going to have a special family. You're going to have a special home. But you need to leave your home. So he leaves his home and he goes to this place that God led him to. And he said, your family, you're going to be blessed in this place. You're going to be a blessing to the whole world. But then within a couple generations, his grandson Jacob and his whole family, they have to leave that place. Because there was a famine. And they end up in Egypt. And they lived in Egypt and and they became slaves in Egypt. It was a bad home. It was not a good place. All the way up until the time of Moses. And then Moses takes them out of that land of slavery and back to their ancestral land. So that was good. And there was some prosperity there. But even their most prosperous king, David, he lived a lot of his life on the run. As an exile. As a fugitive. And... And, and down the line, that this whole nation of people ultimately gets exiled out of this land. It was a king, a foreign king of Babylon named Nebuchadnezzar, and, and all the people are exiled. And we just see over and over these people kind of temporarily in a good place, and then exiled out. And then there's a homecoming and exiled out. And finally these people get back, this nation of people, back into their land. But it wasn't the same. It was like someone had kind of changed the wallpaper on them. They were in their land, but there was foreign powers ruling. There's Persians and Greeks, and then finally the Romans. They were oppressed, and they were 
there was just many injustices against them, and they were just never home. And we see this throughout, throughout the Bible, that the history of mankind is a history of being pushed away from home and coming back temporarily. And we, we feel that in our own lives. We have this deep sense of home that we can't get back to. All these things point to the fact that we need something more. We need something greater. And we only find it in Jesus. You see, Jesus came to a world where the people were so desperate for a a permanent home. And and they knew that it was going to take a king and a powerful king to come in and just wipe out Rome and and get rid of the foreign foreign power so that we can live in our home and we can live in peace. And Jesus comes on the scene. And what does he get? He's born in a temporary shelter. He, he never really settles down. His whole life, he's connected to other wanderers and other uh, outcasts and the poor and the needy. And at the end of his life, he's killed. And he's outside the gate of the city. He's killed the most humiliating, uh, the hum- most humiliating way. He dies uh, a disgraceful death on a cross. And as he's dying, he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's he's being cast out even by God the Father. And he's buried hastily in a borrowed grave. And in his death, he experiences the ultimate homelessness, the ultimate exile. What happened? You see, Jesus didn't just come to be part of a special family. He didn't just come to save a nation of people. Jesus came to rescue the entire human race. He came to rescue us from that homelessness, that separation from the Father, the hopelessness and the despair and all the wandering of life. On the cross, Jesus becomes the ultimate exile so that we can be brought home. He takes all of the consequences of the sin all the way back to the garden, that sin that we inherited and the sin that we contribute to by going our own way away from God and Jesus takes it on himself. He gets the homelessness that we might get a true home in him. But it's better than that. Because not only did he, he take it on himself in his death, he, he rises to new life. And in that victory of rising again, he, uh, he achieves victory over the death and the decay and the brokenness and all the things that keep this world from being our real home. He defeats all those things. And it's, it gets even better. He says, one day, because of this, you will have a perfect home in heaven. And I'm going to go there and prepare a place for you. There's many rooms. You'll have a place of belonging. And, and there's a great celebration there. There's food and, and a banquet and perfect fellowship, a perfect family. But it's even better than that. That it's not just something that's off in the future. But it's something that we can experience today. The Gospel of John describes it like this. It says, to all who received him. It's Jesus. To all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. We can experience that family, that perfect home today. We'll know it in its fullness someday, but we can experience it now. So my question I'll leave you with is, 
Are you home for Christmas? Are you home in this ultimate kind of a sense? And have you trusted Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on that cross to give you this eternal life, to be accepted into his family? And if you have, Christmas is the best time to have a heart full of gratitude, to be with those we love, to celebrate what he accomplished in his coming to this world to save us. May your hearts be full of gratitude. But I would suspect there would be some here who would say, you know what, I don't, that's not me. I'm not home in that sense with God. Maybe you feel that you've wandered or stepped away or you've just never, you, you've never been there. You've never experienced that. God's invitation to you tonight is to come home. Why don't you come home tonight? You could mark tonight, Christmas Eve 2019. This could be the marker, the night that you say, you know what, this is the night that I came home to God. You'd admit, yeah, I've, I've kept him at an arm's length. I've, I've wandered away. I've done it my own way. Maybe I'm disappointed in God or disappointed in my life. I, I'm, I'm done with my self-sufficiency and I want to come home. The longing to come home, God has put it in our hearts. He's put it in every one of our hearts. And through Jesus Christ, he made it possible for us to come home. If that's your desire tonight, I just want to lead a simple prayer. You can pray these words silently with me. If you'd bow your heads with me, let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift of Jesus who came to this earth as a baby. We thank you that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins, that you might be my father. Thank you that through the resurrection of Jesus, you offer me eternal life, a home with you forever. God, I am sorry for the things that I have done in my life that are wrong, the ways that I've hurt you, the ways that I've hurt myself, the ways that I've hurt others. God, I need you. I receive Jesus now as my Savior and Lord. I pray that you would make your home in my heart by the presence of your Holy Spirit. Please make your home in my life and don't ever leave. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.